Hello and welcome to the Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. Faithful Filipino valet Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with racketeers and saboteurs, risking his life that criminals and enemy spies will feel the weight of the law by the sting of the Green Hornet. Wide with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure, Story of a Dog, the Green Hornet strikes again. Before our story, here's an important announcement. Folks, when you go shopping this week, think of the servicemen first. Here's why. Their Christmas packages must be mailed between September 15th and October 15th, and preferably before the end of September. So you'd better get after those gift lists right now. Then you'll be sure that your Christmas packages will arrive on time. Here are the important things to remember. Every Christmas package going overseas should be addressed completely, clearly, and legibly and plainly marked Christmas gift parcel. If possible, the address should be printed in waterproof ink. Also, enclose a complete address and return address inside your packages to help the armed services make delivery if the outside wrapping should become soiled or torn. And now, the Green Hornet. It was during the Normandy invasion. In a certain French town, a Nazi commanding officer looked up from his desk in his temporary headquarters as a junior officer entered and, saluting stiffly, stood waiting permission to speak. Well, what is it, Oberleutnant? I have orders to report to you, Colonel. I'm Lieutenant Kiel, sir. Ah, so. You're Oberleutnant Kiel, eh? You have an accent like an Americanish, just as the Capitan reported. I was raised in America, sir. Uh-huh. Good. Very good. Sit down, Oberleutnant. Thank you, sir. Now, I'll get to the point at once, Oberleutnant. By some trick of fate, the dumb Americanishans have broken through and are pressing us hard. Oh, but, sir, I understand there's nothing to worry about. It's all according to the plan of the high command. So we've been told. Yeah, yeah, so you've been told, but I'm telling you different. Just you understand. It must go no further. Why, I understand, sir. But the captain said only a short time ago... Don't cough. Do you take my word or the captain's? Your word, of course, sir. Only I... Well, 
The whole company's been led to believe that we that are... That is according to the plan of the high command, Keith. For certain reasons, it's necessary that I tell you the truth. Yes, sir. Now then. Within the hour, I'm giving the order to withdraw from our position. What? And we're going to retreat again, sir? Again and then again, if you must know the truth. Now, time is short, and don't interrupt me further. I'm sorry, sir. May even come to pass, Oberleutnant, that the German people may be forced to capitulate to the Allies. Do you follow me? You mean the high command will... Now, wait. Remember, I've said the German people, but the high command has other plans for the Nazi party kill. You will be a part of those plans. That's why you're here. I'm ready, sir. My arm wound is about healed. Good. Now, listen closely. As you know, we have a concentration camp in this town. We'll have to leave the prisoners behind. They'd hamper our re- uh, uh, withdrawal. Now, when the Americanishers arrive here and take over that camp, you will be among the prisoners. But, Colonel, I've been a good Nazi. I've done my part in the war. Oh, well, Lloyd, not you forget yourself. I'm sorry, sir. You're not staying behind as punishment, Kiel. By so doing, you can be of great service to the Nazi party. Service to the party, sir? Exactly. Now, listen, and I'll explain quickly. I understand you speak French fluently. That's right, sir. Excellent. Kiel, you're to go at once to the concentration camp beyond town. I'll give you an order. Concentration camp? Yes. There you'll discard your uniform. From the moment you enter, you're no longer to be Oberleutnant Kiel. You'll be known when the enemy take over the camp as Francois Perret. Change my name to Francois Perret. Yes. Now I'll explain. When we took over France, a young man was taken to the camp because he helped English soldiers escape. He spoke the American language better than he did the French. We found out that he'd been naturalized as a citizen of the United States, having been raised there. He was with relatives when France, when the war was started. The young man's name was Francois Perret. So what, sir? <laughs> Spoken like a true Americanisher. Well, Perret's family and friends were all lost due to the war. He's been long forgotten by anyone who might have known him. Well, what of Perret himself, sir? No. Unfortunately, after being in a concentration camp all this time, Perret was shot down trying to escape just the other day. That was unfortunate, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it? Perret had certain papers he always carried showing his citizenship in the United States. These will be given to you. Mm-hmm. And then what, Colonel? Then the concentration camp will be taken over by the advancing American forces. The prisoners will be released... And you, upon request, will no doubt be sent back to America as Francois Perret, a naturalized citizen. So that's it. That's it, Kiel. Now, in America, you and others with you will prepare for the future of the Nazi party. The Camp Capitan will tell you what to do and where you to go when you reach that country. <sighs> go now. And be sure you play your part well, Oberleutnant Kiel. Kiel? Never heard of him, sir. I'm Francois Perret. American citizen. <laughs> That's good. Very good. Hi, Hitler. Hi, Hitler. Some weeks later, Britt Reed, young man about town and publisher of the Daily Sentinel newspaper in a certain American city, was busy in his office when a caller was announced. 
Well, Perry Iverson. Or should I say Sergeant Perry Iverson? <laughs> How are you? Just fine, Brett, considering. Where did you get the dog, Perry? Oh, we sort of met in the middle of the war, so to speak. How about that? <laughs> Buster seems to agree with you on that point. <laughs> hey, by the way, Perry, I've been hearing things about you. Decorations for bravery and all that, besides the Purple Heart. <laughs> the Purple Heart was for the slugs in my arm. But the other really belongs to Buster here. How about that, fella? Huh? Well, then Buster was one of those war-trained dogs, eh? A member of the Wags? Well, yes and no. He got some training in the Wags, all right, but... Poor Buster washed out because he was too friendly with everybody. But I thought you said that he... Oh, he saw battle service, all right, but not as a member of the Wags. You see, when they said he wouldn't do, our company took Buster on as a mascot. And he sort of attached himself to me. Didn't you, Buster? Huh? Seems like a smart dog, all right. But what made you say Buster deserved the medal you got, Perry? Oh, let me tell you about it, Brett. You see, Buster was considered too friendly to be a good fighting dog. He even made friends with the prisoners we took from time to time in the Normandy invasion. The only good thing was he'd learned not to fear gunfire. So uh, he went right along wherever I went. <laughs> well, that's something in his favor. There's plenty in Buster's favor. Uh, here's how it was. One day soon after landing and as we moved inland, we met stiff resistance. It was a wooded land and uh, I volunteered to take the walkie-talkie and move up on the Nazis' line so as to report just where they were dug in. Well... Buster came along with me, and uh, before long, we were lucky enough to get to a position behind an old tree stump from where I thought we could do some observing and uh, still be safe from snipers. We made it, Buster, old boy. I made it. We're in a hot spot. I'd better report what I can, and then we'll beat it back. Iverson, calling Company D. Company D, can you hear me? Go ahead, Iverson. We're listening. Machine gun nest on Swall Hill to left. Looks like camouflage tanks lying in wait to right. Send up tanks and flamethrowers before infantry advances into trap. Oh, oh. They got me, Buster. Ooh, ooh. Iverson. Iverson, are you there? Still alive, huh? I thought I'd got better than that. You, you dirty hiney. At least you didn't get me before I... Before, before you made a report, you mean, huh? I'll correct that, fella. You see, I speak as good English as you do. I can fake enough so they'll think it's you. But first, I'll put you out of your misery once and for all with my fail. That's your fight, Buster, old boy! Get away, you mutt! I... Oh, my arm! Let go, I say! I'll kill both of you! I'll stop! Get away! And as I gradually slipped off into unconsciousness, I heard the Jerry struggling with Buster. I didn't think we'd have a chance. I never expected to wake up, Britt. It was a tough spot, all right. What happened after that? Well... After getting my message and then having me cut off so suddenly, I guess they thought I'd been killed. Anyway, they sent forward the flamethrowers to roust out the machine guns while the tanks moved up on the right. Then the Nazi who attacked you didn't get the chance to use the walkie-talkie to send a fake message? No. A couple of the fellows with flamethrowers were moving up a short distance from where I hid out. And uh, as they were about to continue on, they heard Buster barking. So uh, they came over to investigate. Hey, Buster. Yeah, what do you know? Hey, there's Iverson. He's been hit. Hurt the arm kind of bad, looks like. Now, the medics will be along in a minute. They'll get him. There's a Jerry's rifle lying here. Look, what's Buster shaking in his mouth? Looks like a piece of cloth. I guess he disarmed a Nazi. Huh? Here, Buster. Give me. Hey, look at A hunk of a sleeve out of a Nazi officer's uniform. Ain't that something? 
the looks of it, Buster got a piece of the arm, too. The wags training did him good after all. <laughs> yeah. Come Watch it, Buster. Watch it, buddy. We gotta get moving here if we want to clear out them ratsies and get back in time for a mess. Let's go. We ain't going back for no mess, pal. We'll be just in time to eat the chow them hindies maybe was fixing about now. Come on. See you later, Buster. <laughs> So the fellas went on with the others and routed out the machine guns, and the tanks moved up and put the Nazi tanks out of commission. The medics found me and Buster and took us in. So you see, Brett, it was Buster who saved the day. Hey, that's an interesting story, Perry. What do you suppose happened to that Nazi whom Buster attacked? Search me. Buster probably took a piece out of his arm, and (laughs) he beat it back to his own line. His rifle was there on the ground by me. Well, it looks as though somebody made a mistake in sizing up Buster after all. <laughs> yeah, but... Hey, boy. Buster's been friendly with everybody ever since. Nazi prisoners and all. I guess he sensed that the Nazi officer was threatening your life, Perry. If he ever met that man again, I doubt if he'd be friendly. Dogs don't forget easily. Later that afternoon, as Britt Reed was getting ready to leave the office, Michael Axford, one of his reporters, entered. Well, Axford, where have you been all afternoon? Hi, Reed. Sure, and I've been down to cops' headquarters that I have. But it is a waste of me time. Nothing doing, eh? Well, nothing worth printing as news. A couple of drunks brought in. And then some young chap with a dog that attacked some man they was passing over in East Lake Avenue. Was the dog mad? Well, maybe he was, Reed. But the guy he jumped at was a darn sight madder. <laughs> You're developing quite a sense of humor, Mike. But that doesn't answer my question. Uh, <clears throat> well, no. The man claimed the dog's vicious and ought to be put out of the way. Sure, but he had a good reason to be mad. That he did. Who, the dog? Ah, oh, no, of course not. Just the man, I mean. His coat was torn almost off his back by the animal. Well... That looks bad for the dog's case. Sure. They took the dog to the pound. And tomorrow the young guy has to appear and show cause why his dog shouldn't be given gas. Sure, and the chap was mighty upset. Said the dog had a war record. Imagine that, Reed. The mutt will be claiming veterans' compensation. Next thing we'll hear, eh? (laughs) Wait a minute. You say he claims his dog has a war record, huh? Do you know the fellow's name? Sure. I heard both the names. And the dogs, too. Well? Uh, The young chap's name is Iverson. He's a discharged soldier. The dog's name is Buster. And the guy the dog jumped at's got a funny name. It's Frenchy, sort of. It's François Parade. We'll continue our Green Hornet adventure in just a minute. Here's an important message for every car owner. A new plan has gone into effect for rationing gasoline to -to home-to-work drivers. B&C card holders whose home-to-work rations expire on or after August 1st are receiving only enough gas for 30 days driving instead of their usual three-month supply. Before the applicant can get a regular ration, he must show that he's taking part in a car-sharing arrangement. The need for these new regulations should be clear to every good American. America's stockpile of passenger cars is dwindling. The gasoline shortage is still critical, and so is the shortage of tires for civilian use. By carpooling, we can extend the life of our cars and conserve precious tires and gasoline. Make a habit of carpooling now. 
Keep America's passenger cars rolling. And now, back to our story. Reed questioned Axford further concerning the dog Buster and the man whom he'd attacked. Then, leaving his office at the Central Building, the young publisher went to his apartment, where Cato, his faithful Filipino valet, and the only person knowing his identity as the Green Hornet, was waiting. Before discussing the matter with Cato, Britt Reed sat in the living room, thinking of Perry Iverson's visit that afternoon. Axford seems certain Buster wouldn't have a chance of escaping the gas chamber. A vicious dog, they said. Yet I recall Perry's words today. You see, Buster was considered too friendly to be a good fighter. Too friendly, he said. He even made friends with the prisoners. And yet they brand that dog as vicious. Buster's been friendly with everybody ever since. Nazi prisoners, no. Strange. Very strange. The purple heart was for the slugs in my arm. But the other decoration really belongs to Buster here. That dog's a hero. The pride of Perry's life. It would make him suddenly attack a strange man without reason. Say, I wonder. What do you say, Mr. Britt? Uh, I was thinking out loud, Cato. I notice mumbling. Think something on your mind, maybe. Yes, there is, Cato. Expert told me of a man by the name of Francois Perret, who lives at the Atlas Apartments. He's a man I'd like to know more about. Why are you curious about him, Mr. Britt? I'll tell you about that later. Right now, I want to put into effect a little plan I have in mind. This plan have to do with Green Hornet, perhaps. You guessed it, Cato. Gas gun ready. We get masks and take Black Beauty. You've got the idea. Come on, Cato. Maybe we can prove that dogs aren't the dumb animals they're made out to be. Let's go. Stepping through a secret panel in the rear of a closet in his bedroom, Britt Reed and Cato went along a narrow passageway built within the walls of the apartment house itself. This passage led to an adjoining building, which fronted on a dark side street. Though supposedly abandoned, this building served as the hiding place for the sleek, superpowered Black Beauty, streamlined car of the Green Hornet. <coughs> Britt Reed pressed a button. The great car roared into life. A section of the wall in front raised automatically, then closed as the gleaming Black Beauty sped into the darkness. <laughs> Mistake coming out to get dog from Pan, Mr. Britt. He'd be hard to handle, perhaps. Remember that dog knows me, Kato. We became friends in my office today. To him, I'll still be Britt Reed, not the Green Hornet. You can't fool a dog, you know. Why we want dog, sir? He'll come in handy tonight if my hunch is correct. Also, if the dog knows the secret I think he does, his life's in danger here. Come on. <laughs> you know where we go? Yes, I've been out here before. Kennel runways are just ahead of us. Dogs know we're coming, Mr. Breed. Yes. We'll have to work fast before the poundmaster comes from the house to find out what's the matter. We'll walk close to the runways and call Buster by name. Here, Buster. Here, boy. That one mean. Go further. Come on. Here, Buster. Here, Buster. 
Buster, give me his cable. Give me the wire cutters, quick. Here, cutters. I'll have you out in a minute, huh? Just a little more. Ah, there. Come on, boy. Come on. Come on. Hey, too much. That's our cue to get out of here. Let's go, Buster. Here's the bike, Judy. In you go, Buster. You must hurry, Mr. Brief. The car of the Green Hornet. Oh! Go on. I'll let the cops know about this right away. In Black Beauty, Mr. Bree. What do you expect to happen now? I'm on the right track, Cato. That guy, Perret, should be coming out of that apartment house soon. Drive to a meeting place with his friends. I not understand, sir. Cato, I'm playing a long chance. Build around the psychology of a dog's reaction to certain people. You remember, I went into Perret's place a while ago before he arrived. Yes, Mr. Bree. What you doing there? I left a message for him. If he's what I think he might be, he wouldn't be working alone. Therefore, he'll drive to where the other or others are rather than risk a phone call. If my hunch is wrong, he'll probably call the police. We'll soon know one way or the other. Buster crawling. Men coming from door. Quiet, boy, quiet. That's he, Kato. As soon as he gets into his car, we'll follow. Okay, Kato, get going. Step on it. This hour. Keel, what brings you here? Shut the door. Quick, Hans. Well, what is it? Speak up. When I arrived in my apartment a while ago, I found this. A note? Yes, read it. Uh, let's see. Where the dog not... What? Look there. Yeah, you see? The seal of the Green Hornet. I knew that was the same dog that tore my arm in Normandy. And somehow the Green Hornet knows about it, too. Get a hold of yourself, Keel. Green Hornet's a notorious criminal, not an officer of the law. If I only knew just what he does know. How could he find out anything? I'm known as Francois Perret. I have the papers to prove it. No one could prove otherwise. We'll have to get all our papers together and get away from the city. Get that briefcase and put it on the table. All right. We'll have to hurry, Hans. Yeah. He may be bluffing you, Keel. Open the briefcase. That note's a threat, not a bluff, Hans. Uh, you fool. You realize that if he knew where to leave that note, he must know where you went when you left there? You mean he might have followed me here? Why, of course. Probably out to blackmail you. Bolt the door. Yes, and make sure that window's locked. The one on the fire escape. Here. Someone's coming up the fire escape now. Then leave the window unbolted, Hans. We put out the lights and catch him by surprise when he enters. We'll have the advantage of him in the dark. His outline will be against the window. And I have my pistol handy. Turn out the lights, quick. All right. There. That will show him how to call his bluff. Quiet. I think he's getting ready to raise the window. Wait until he starts to climb in. Go get him, Buster! Go! 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 Get him away! Hans, turn on the lights! Hans, the lights! There! There's the lights! Hold it up! 
off him. Take him off him. The dog. Get him away. Don't Buster. Don't follow him. From the looks of that briefcase, I got here just in time. That dog. You keep him away from me. You and Buster seem to have met before. Yeah, he attacked me on the street today. I noticed he tore your sleeve off just now. That looks like an old scar you have there on your arm. So what? Lots of people have scars. That could have been done by a dog. Enough of this, Hornet. Why have you come here like this? Why did you follow Perret? Oh, yes. Francois Perret. French, isn't it? I'm an American citizen. A naturalized citizen. I've got the papers to prove it. In that case, your fingerprints would be on record to clinch the proof, too. If you were Perret. Fingerprints? We can't let him get away with it. Get away from that briefcase. So you do have something to hide, huh? I'll show you. Get him, Buster. Now, now cut him off. Drop that gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down, Buster. Down, boy. Now I'll just take that gun. What? The police? Oh, yes. Unfortunately for you, a pal of mine thought they might be needed, so we called them. I'll look through these papers just out of curiosity. Hmm. A dossier. Or in simple language, a record on Francois Perret, alias Lieutenant Keel of the Nazi Army. Hans, why do you have such a thing here? Well, that was kept in case you got out of line, my friend. Why, you dirty double... Go right ahead, boys. Fight it out between you. Buster here will stand guard as referee, eh, Buster? Watch him, fella, until the police get here. So long, Nazis. Good morning, Axford. Hi, Reed. Say, remember what I was telling you about that dog they was holding? What about it? Reed, don't you ever read your own newspapers? That dog turned out to be a hero. That he did. Oh, was that the same dog that caught those spies last night? One and the same. But how he did it all, nobody can figure out. The cops got a call. There was a mad dog in an apartment on the west side. When they got up there, they found this mutt bearing his teeth at two spies. And then yelling, take him away and we'll tell everything. Strange, isn't it? Strange, you say. Why, Reed, it's downright creepy. That's what it is. They didn't have to tell anything. Because there was plenty of evidence in the briefcase on the table. And that French guy, he wasn't a French guy at all. He was a Nazi. But how did the dog know that? Sure, and how did he know enough to follow the Green Hornet from the city town to that place? The Green Hornet? Really? Sure. The Hornet tried to get at the dog to kill him off for his pals. But when he cut the wires, blamed if the dog didn't chase him all the way to the hideout and capture the lot. All but the Hornet, of course. He got away. Leaving his cronies to face the music. Well, what do you know? Uh, say, you know something, Reed? Sarge said he'd like to have that dog for a few days. Then if he passed near the Hornet, he'd get him. Because the dog would tear right at him. May we come in? Oh, Perry, come right in. I see you brought Buster. Oh, yes, I guess you heard all that happened. <laughs> well, Buster, I've been hearing great things about you. <laughs> now, ain't that cute? <laughs> Reed, he sure thinks a lot of you. Believe me, if you keep that dog around, you'll never have to fear that spalpine the Green Hornet. Why, Axford, I don't need a dog with you around. Thanks, Reed, thanks. I'm glad that I'm appreciated. And if you ever come face to face with the Hornet, I'll be right behind you. That I will. <laughs> No, ain't that cute. Let's go! 
Friends, do you know about the National War Fund? It's the combined appeal by 22 war-related agencies and thousands of local welfare organizations for $250 million to carry on their work which grows in importance as the war progresses. This united appeal is being made from September 25th to November 1st. Please contribute as generously as possible. For at one time and with one gift, you can help them all. Fighting man, war prisoner, war victim, and neighbor. A contribution to the National War Fund is a gift that goes to every home and every war front. Give generously when the call comes in your community. Be sure to listen to The Green Hornet next week at this same time. These copyrighted dramas originate in the studios of WXYZ Detroit. All characters, names, places, and incidents are fictitious. Bob Height speaking. This is the Blue Network.